Welcome to another episode of The Shift with Elena Agar. In this episode, I chat with Steph Gillies. So she is a transition career coach, uh, a career transition coach, and she uh, actually had 32 jobs in 15 years. So I don't know who better yet to talk to about changing jobs and all of that that entails than her. So she was really interesting to speak with, and she really brought up some practical points and just shared her own story from, you know, changing all those jobs and then launching her own business. And just, she's had a lot of ups and downs. And, and I find it fascinating because I think that's what, um, you know, that's who I want to talk to if I'm changing my career. Like I want to talk with somebody who's been there. And so I very much appreciate the conversation. And I think you will too. So check it out. Steph, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So Let's just go ahead and dive right in because I don't know who to better speak about um, uh, transitions in careers than somebody who changed 32 jobs in 15 years. Talk to me about that. How did that all come about? Yeah. So um, when I, you know, when I graduated high school, I was given the message from my parents and, you know, those around me that you get, have to go to university, get a good job and work for 40 years until you retire. That was the message I got. And so I was I was like, what do I want to do for 40 years? 40 years sounded like a really long time when I was 19. And I was just like, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I just tried kind of a little bit of everything. I, um, you know, I just got a bunch of jobs. I went to university a few times and then I finally graduated with a social work degree and, um, you know, worked in the nonprofit world. And after that, you know, I was laid off during the pandemic. And so um, I kind of really took some time to actually, you know, look inside and figure out kind of what I wanted out of my career. And that's when I decided to become a career coach because I had been, you know, helping, I I helped a lot of people just because they'd asked me for help because I'd done this so many times. Mm -hmm. And so I figured, you know, I might as well, you know, make some money from it. So that's kind of how I got started as a career coach. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. I had a lot of really cool jobs. Um, The one I actually liked the least was working at Starbucks. And the one that I liked the most was um, I used to I used to guide trail rides with on horses. So that was super cool. <laughs> that sounds super cool. What did you like the least? Why why the least on Starbucks? Um, I the the environment and everything was really great, but it just wasn't um, it just wasn't my style. I I didn't like retail work. I hadn't done a lot of retail work in the past, yeah. and so I didn't enjoy the retail work. And I found the whole like Starbucks language really overwhelming to learn. Like there's a whole <laughs> language at Starbucks. You really need like a degree in a whole nother language there. So <laughs> yeah, what have you? What was like the biggest things you've learned about yourself? I guess as you went from. Uh, working for a company and then launching your own thing? Yeah, I think, I mean, I learned a lot. I've learned a lot about myself. I probably know more about myself now than I ever have my whole life. I think the thing, you know, that I learned the most is that I'm capable, right? Because a lot of times I jumped into business and I was terrified. I was super scared, but I was like, you know what? I'll try it and see what happens. And I just really, I, I did really well in my first year and I was like, hmm, I guess I can do this. Mm-hmm. So like, that was one of the things just, you know, helping myself build that confidence. I felt like the first year was really about that confidence building. And, um, and then after that, you know, I learned a lot about boundaries because at the first, in the first year I said yes to absolutely everything. Yeah. Right. I mean, most entrepreneurs do you say yes yep. to everything that comes your way. And then after the first year, I was like, okay, what do I really want to focus on? What do I want to say yes to? And then really being able to, to, put up those boundaries was really helpful because I'm not typically a person who likes to say no. And so, um, and then like we were talking about before we started recording is just, you know, being able to have my weekends back and being able to, you know, have some time for rest so that I don't burn myself out completely. Mm. 
Uh, you know, it, it, a lot of people are at, a, at these crossroads right now, and I'm sure you've been at, at those plenty of times kind of like trying to figure out what's next, uh, knowing they're not fulfilled by whatever they're doing. And um, and usually I, I see, I, I, I see. so before, historically, I would see a lot of people in kind of mid-30s to early 40s that are hitting that part because it's like they've gotten at a certain level in their career. You're like, I should know what I want, but I still am not sure. And then they start to wonder. But now I also see a lot of that with uh, younger generations. So it seems like no matter, you know, which generation you come from, everybody's on this like, you know, journey of like, what is it that I'm actually trying to do? How does, mm-hmm. how does one navigate that? What What's helpful? Yeah, I think the key is, um, you know, that really is that self-discovery. I feel like had I done that as well when I was younger and not just like job hopped like crazy, I probably would have learned more about myself and I probably would have figured out what I wanted a lot sooner. Um, But, you know, we don't always have that direction of what to do and where to go. And so we just kind of jump from job to job or we just look for opportunities that we see instead of really thinking about what what is it that I want And so with my clients, that's the first thing we look at is, you know, what do they really want? What do they want out of their career? What do they want out of their life? You know, some people, you know, they love to try new things and, and, um, you know, not have to go to a, a place of work and have a boss. And so being an entrepreneur is great, but other people don't love that, right? They don't want to have to deal with making sure they make enough money every month. And they just want a steady income so that they can do what they want to do on the weekends. And that's just, they're just different people, right? So you can't predict what one person, you know, what everyone wants to do. It's really personal. And I think that the key is to really take that time for that introspection. And, you know, sometimes hiring a coach can be really helpful to help you really dig into who that is and what you really want inside. So, Hmm. so over your experience, you've coached like over a thousand people at this stage in your business. And so aside from kind of the exploration, have you seen any themes or or similar challenges that people struggle with when it comes to uh, changing yeah, I mean, I think the the biggest theme that I've noticed is that a lot of people tend to just fall into their role, right? Like mm. they don't really look, they're not really looking for this or they're not really, you know, focused on it. They kind of just fell into it. And then, you know, 10 years later, they're like, oh, now what? Right. So, so, so that's like one thing that I've noticed. And then with the change, a lot of people struggle with thinking that they have the skills to make the change. And so um, just because you don't have the skills in one specific area doesn't mean that you can't move to that area. Um, I've worked with people who've moved from a banking institution to a nonprofit. And there were lots of things that she did on the side mm. where she was, you know, helping um, at the corporation. She was helping with the mental health awareness and she was helping with diversity, equity and inclusion, kind of spearheading some of those things, which typically most people wouldn't put on a resume. But when you're making the change into a nonprofit, that's kind of the stuff they want to see. Right. So really thinking about like thinking outside the box when it comes to your resume, not just listing, you know, what you've done, but really thinking about what the person who's reading your resume or listening to you in an interview, what do they want to hear about? And those things don't necessarily have to be the things you get paid for. Hmm. You know, earlier you mentioned that, um, you know, you you wish you would have known or you wish you would have had that guidance. Right. Um, and, and I think uh, you know, and a lot of people go back to that, but I'm, 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 I'm reflecting on my own self because I, I not, not, not 32 jobs, but I've had about over, a little bit over 20 jobs in 15 years. And I've um, changed so many times and I've done, I also didn't know what I wanted to do. So I just kept jumping, 
but you know what's interesting is that when I was doing uh when I was like with my career counselor at like school and university or whenever I would do any of those kind of like um a personality test it would always give me these answers of um that I'm like you know that I should go into social work or I should go into like you know, um, teaching or uh, nursing. So it was like all about like, because I enjoy working with people. And so none of the jobs that was suggested to me, I liked. I'm like, okay, but that's not what I want to do. And and so, and, and through those 20 plus jobs and then probably more at this point now that I'm kind of in a, uh, just doing different things. But through all of these experiences, what I've realized is that all those strengths that I had that could have made me really good at like social work can also be applied in business and in, the leadership development and then people development, all that. But I didn't know that unless I would have gone through it. And I think that's what, that's what I think a lot of people struggle the most. So I'm curious, like, would you have listened if you would have had, if somebody's like, Hey, you know, Steph, you should just go this way. Would you have listened or would you have been like, no, nah, that's, that doesn't sound, you know? Yeah. I think, I think it kind of depends. I, I think like in terms of the coaching, like the coaching side of things, if I, if I was open to it, which like, that's a question I don't know if I would have been, but if I was open to it at the time, um, you know, having someone help me walk through all these questions, because I did feel stuck, I did feel confused, Mm. you know, those were the things I did feel. But if I had someone help me walk through those feelings and and help me kind of figure out which direction it is, because the same with me, the the career counselor in in high school was like, okay, what do you want to do? Well, it's unrealistic. What's your plan B? Like, that was it, right? Like, mm-hmm. and there was, you you know, you took Such the quiz, but totally. <laughs> yeah. And you take, I mean, you take those, I've taken personality tests like hundreds of times. And I yeah. do feel like my answer changes, my answers change based on what stage of life I'm in. And so I really mm-hmm. don't feel like they are a super great guidance. I think the best guidance is ourselves, right? Like really looking internally and figuring out who we are and what, what makes us tick is really mm. what, what makes the biggest difference. And I think, I mean, I mean, I know hundred percent when I was younger, I didn't know who that person was. And I think I'm still learning. I think we always are every mm-hmm. day, but I think that the more we get to know ourselves, the, the more clear the picture becomes of our future. Mm. And so had I maybe started this journey a little earlier, maybe I would have had a clearer picture later, but I mean, who's to know? I don't regret yeah. anything. It was a lot of yeah. fun. <laughs> Yeah, no, same here. But you know, because I always I, I kind of always reflect back on these. And I think a lot of people are similar. And, and I talk to a lot of young people, and they try to figure it all out. And I'm like, even if even if somebody were to give you a guidebook today, everybody has their own journey and their own way to getting to things. So like, yeah, I think it would have helped to have some of those discussions. But I think like, it's just the nature of being young. And I, I of course, there are some exceptions where people are like, you know what, they figure their shit out at like 22. And they're just like full on. But for majority of us, like it just takes, like I always like to say, it's a process and a process takes time, you know? And um, and to your point, like, I, I feel like I kind of started to figure shit out about myself when I was like early twenties. And that's because I went through a divorce and I was like, oh, I was like, well, maybe I should like figure out what I actually want and like, et cetera. But then like, you know, I, I'm 37 today and I'm just like, not, not some my birthday, but today, like now I'm 37 and um you know, and I'm like, I still feel like I'm like, well, I think I got it now. And I still like, like, I'm probably going to feel the same way next year. So like, it never stops. (laughs) Of course. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's, I think that is probably the difference in mindset from when I was younger to now is now I realize it's a journey. And when I was younger, I thought it was a destination, Mm -hmm. right? I thought like, oh, we're going to, we're going to find this thing. 
and then we're going to be there and then we're just going to stay there for 40 years right whereas instead you know it is a journey that's constantly evolving and you can change your mind you can mm-hmm. change your job you can start a business you can stop a business you can kind of basically do whatever you want based on where you are at in life and kind of what where you want it to take you mm. I think it's probably one of the better times uh, in human history to actually do whatever you want to do with all the access to resources, technology, and just the accessibility, the affordability of starting a business, right? Like you have so many things, like, you know, you got a lot of technology that can, you can outsource a lot to that versus another human or et cetera. And then to be able to do this remotely, but then with that comes its own threat, right? Like, so it's like preparing for the future. How do you make sure you maintain your relevance and what can people do essentially to maintain that relevance in their careers? Can you talk to me a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that's a huge thing for me too, because I, I spent a lot of time writing resumes and then chat GPT comes on the scene and, you know, is our resume writers still needed is like a question that people were asking. And I think that, that, um, the most important thing about it is to really just embrace the technology. Like you're saying, there's so many great things about it. And I actually, um, encourage my clients to use it as, as part of their, you know, writing the resume, even if that eliminates me from the process, because I do feel like, um, it's just such a great tool. I think that, um, you know, when you're, when you're maintaining your relevance, you need to, especially when you're thinking about starting a business, um, in this space is you need to think about kind of what that direction that the, technology and the AI might be taking in the future. You know, content writers might not be as in high demand as they have been. And Mm -hmm. so you might want to take another approach, like coaching people on how, what makes great content instead of writing the content for them. Mm -hmm. Right. So like pivoting to make sure that you are staying relevant with, um, with the current technology and as the technology evolves will be really important. And I think in a career that's, that's valuable as well, but they're always going to need people right? They're always going to need people to like, even when, with resume writing, um, a lot of people who come to me, it's not that they can't write a great resume it's that they just don't know what to write. Right. And so I take that time to help them draw that out, pull out their accomplishments by asking them questions, getting to know their background and, you know, bringing that expertise from the field. And I think that's really what keeps you relevant is making sure that you are, you know, serving people in a way that, you know, technology just can't. Mm. Uh, the, the, you know, it's, um, it's interesting because there's, you know, more senior individuals that are struggling with technology. And then you have the younger, uh, generations come in. They're just like all about utilizing the technology. And it's like, and you know, when you see this in organizations that it almost seems to be this, like, um, what, how to say it, like different challenges. So for the young people, the comp- companies are afraid that, they're not going to stay long enough. And then for the old, older people in organizations, they're like, well, they're not tech savvy enough. So it's it's very interesting to see this, this the, these so many different generations in one company and everybody experiencing their own challenges because for this younger generation, it's almost like they know too much about technology and not enough about the real life, like the real world of work and business and relationships, right? And poor Gen Zs, everybody picks on them, myself included. I just, I'm trying to be empathetic with them. It's very difficult though. But, uh, and I have two sisters that are Gen Z's, so it's very difficult. I, I live it. And, um, but then you have the older generations that struggle with the opposite. And I'm just, I'm curious where, you know, where's all that going, you know, in terms of just how we work and as baby boomers retire and continue to retire and Gen Z's are kind of coming on the forefront and knowing what they know or what they don't know. 
what is that what is that world of work going to look like and do you have any thoughts about the future of work oh wow it's a big question um yeah I think that it's it's definitely interesting because when you look at the baby boomers and some of those older generations they will stay at a job right if you if you hire someone in their 50s or 60s they're going to stay until retirement they're not planning to go anywhere they're not going to job hop but when you look at people in the younger generations they're changing jobs every 7 to 8 years and mm-hmm. so you know that you know you have someone for a limited amount of time and then they're going to find another great opportunity somewhere else what i think this does it actually requires companies to step up and provide a better working environment Right. Because the more um, I think the competition now is more in like the having a great organization to work for. I think there's more competition in in people finding a great organization than an organization finding great people. Mm. I think that the great people are out there. They're everywhere. <laughs> but the people who are applying are a lot pickier about where they're where they're applying, you know, whether there's work life balance, um, what does the time off look like, whether they work remote or in person. Those things are really changing the way that people choose jobs and where they're going to work. And I think that's super interesting. So, I mean, I don't know what the future has to hold, but I do think that companies are going to have to step it up and they're going to have to provide some really great benefits to um, their employees in order to keep them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you saw the recent, um, there was a TikTok that went viral and it was this girl and she just graduated. Did you see this one when she graduated recently? She started doing a nine to five. And she started crying that she's like, she's like, I don't have time. Who has a life? What is this nine to five? You know, and she goes through all of that. And then the, the, so you have a combination of, you know, and this is really like, you know, like people who are listening, or even just like, you know, people who are like struggling, this is what, this is what companies have to deal with. So when you're talking about like career change and like to, to understand what kind of talent is out there. So on one aspect you have, as we mentioned, the older generation that are like, listen, we just want to, we're going to stay there and we're going to be loyal and et cetera. On the flip side, you have the Gen Z's coming on who are crying that they have to work a nine to five, right? And then on top of that, you have also Gen Z's coming out. I'm experienced this personally in, in, the world, in, in tech where I work, where they're graduating from universities, two years of experience or an internship and university experience only. And they're asking for salaries of 150K plus, right? And so it's like, yes, there's a company should be providing certain things, but it's like, what is the balance? Like, how do you do you know what I mean? How do you balance out the reality of how much a company can actually pay a person based on what they're actually worth, right? And it's like, it's just very interesting dynamic um, that, you know, I just feel like, at least especially in in, uh, in North America, is uh, playing out very strangely, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that there's a limit, obviously. Corporations can't be paying yeah. entry-level employees that much, but I mean, I guess it depends on the company. But I think that those a lot of those people are just going to be hit with a reality check right of what it actually looks like in the job industry i mean i have people who um you know they look for a job for three weeks and then i have people who look for a job for eight months and it just they sometimes they're in the exact same skill set you know like there's no difference it just really depends on you know their personality and if they fit with the person who's hiring and you know i've had um I've had a few clients in the younger generation who are like, you know, I've been applying for jobs for a week and I haven't got an interview. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty pretty normal. normal. (laughs) Like, you know, and so I do think that there's some expectations that will definitely be adjusted based on when they, when they get into the workforce for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of assumptions from uh, change, career change seekers or just job seekers about the job market. 
um, in the realities of the job market. Um, and it's uh, and, and that's where that human piece comes in, right? Like to have that um, to, to have that conversation because you can Google, you can look up like, hey, what's the statistics on our job market? But one, but it really gives you very vague information. And unless you talk to an experienced coach like yourself or somebody who understands the dynamics of what that looks like and how it varies to everybody, it's um it's it's not an easy place to be in with, with the job search. Um, I'm curious also to uh, from your opinion. So there's been a lot of talk online about you know is it the quantity of applications? Is it the quality of applications? Like what, what, do you have any thoughts on like how you know when you're looking for jobs like is it is it focusing on like creating something really great and establishing a relationship or is it just like hitting a bunch of jobs? Um, I really think that a diverse job search strategy is the best kind. So um, a lot of people will just go to applying online because that's the easiest, the lowest hanging fruit. It's the easiest to do. Yeah. You can apply for 20 jobs in 10 minutes. So people will do that um, and, and just keep hitting apply. And then they'll be shocked when they're you know not getting responses. And then they'll go back to their resume and they'll be like, what's wrong with my resume? But really when you, that's not usually the best way to get a job right? Your resume is valuable and it's definitely a part of the process, but networking and building relationships is, is the best way to get a job. Um, the last stat I read was 70% of jobs aren't even posted online mm -hmm. and are, are received through, through networking or referrals. And so the more you can get out there, I mean, um, I was just talking to someone yesterday who was like, should I have a LinkedIn profile? Like I like my job and I'm not looking to change, but my LinkedIn profile is really outdated. So I'm trying to decide what to do. And I was like, absolutely, you should have one, right? Because you just never know when, with all the layoffs that have happened over the past few years, you just never know when your company might be like, oh, well, we decided to make that position obsolete. And then you just also never know what opportunities are out there that you might be missing out on because your profile isn't updated. And that's that competition piece of people leaving every seven to eight years is recruiters will just reach out to you. You don't even need to do anything on LinkedIn. Just have a great updated profile and recruiters might reach out to you and offer you a job. And that could be, you know, something you really like or it might not be. And then, but you get the choice to make that decision. So yeah. that can be really helpful for sure. Yeah. One of the biggest lessons I've learned when I started doing um, career development kind of work is, and this is like towards like probably like, you know, mid to late twenties. And I, I, I think I quickly realized how insecure most people should be about their jobs, no matter how comfortable you think you are about your job, how, how comfortable, how great of a relationship you have with your manager. At the end of the day, business is business. Business decisions have to be made. You can be at the top of the food chain and you'll still get cut. And I've ran, I'm sure just as yourself, I've ran into so many people um, that have gone, um, you know, that have didn't even see it coming and have stayed at that company for eight, 10 years and then just got it been cut and then didn't do any type of networking or relationship mm -hmm. outside of the bubble. And then, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of times now the people that they knew are now their competition for a job because they also got laid off. And then it's like, it's, 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 a, it's not a nice place to be. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Because I've noticed that the people who are more active on LinkedIn throughout their employment, whether they're looking for a job or not, tend to land on their feet a lot quicker if mm. they're laid off or if something bad happens or, you know, if they're just, you know, I'm ready for a, for a change rather than, you know, those who are like, okay, I got laid off. Now I need to update my LinkedIn profile. It takes them a lot longer because they haven't built that network up. People don't know who they are. They haven't been active on LinkedIn. So yeah, even that brand. How how uh, how important is the personal brand in your opinion? Because there's also like different, you know, thoughts on that. I'm curious. 
Yeah. I mean, I think it's really important if you're going to, if you're going to be in one place and say, you know, you're going to be looking for this type of job. And then in another place, you're saying you're looking for this other type of job. It's going to be confusing, right? People, um, I was researching for this course that I'm teaching and said that 86% of hiring managers have chosen not to hire someone based on a Google search. So what is your Google search saying about you, right? Like what is your online presence saying? Um, if it's if it's all over the place, that's going to be very confusing for people. And they might be like, oh, they're, lo- they're not going to be here for a long term. Mm. You know, they won't have longevity. But if you're very clear on your message, you know what you want and, and people can Google you and find out that's what you want. And that's pretty consistent. Then, then they're going to be more apt to think you're going to stay for a long time or that this is truly is your goal. Yeah, yeah, very much true. Uh, what are you excited for next six to 12 months in your business and, and just in your the work that you do? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm starting a, a program called Career Story Coaching. And so I'm going to be um, helping people really figure out that career story, kind of like we were talking about. So digging into what, what they want um, out of their life and what really makes them take what they're passionate about and then building a career story around that and building their personal brand around that so that they can really get out there and pursue what they want to pursue. So I'm really excited. I mean, I've done this unofficially, you know, for like a two and a half years. I'm just calling it something now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Putting something together. That's yeah, exciting. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, where can people find you? Where do you hang out at online? Where can they find this information? Yeah, I, I hang out mostly on LinkedIn. Um, it's mm-hmm. just LinkedIn. My name is Steph Gillis. And then my website is stephgillis.com. You can find me in both of those places. I occasionally post on Instagram, but honestly, it's really not <laughs> the best place to find me. Yeah, no, it, LinkedIn is definitely one of my favorite platforms. I'm not, I'm not, um, uh, I still can't get my, my head around those things. And talking about staying relevant, you know, a lot of people use TikTok. I don't, I only look at links that people send me. Uh, but, um, what do you, what do you think about that? Because I see, so especially for coaches, because I see a lot of coaches trying to do the TikTok thing and they're just failing miserably. And like, I'm a believer you, you, you're going to suck at whatever you start, but I'd be like certain things you just shouldn't start. Like, it's just not your thing. Like, it's not my thing. I'm like, I, I would look ridiculous, you know? So it's like, I'm just curious what you think about that. I think people need to stay true to what they think is best for them. Mm. You know, some people like video and they <laughs> like being on video. I don't, I personally don't like video either. I don't even have the TikTok app on my phone. I yeah. never downloaded it. Um, I think that, I, I think it really just depends on on your personality. I think that you're going to, like you're saying, you're, it's going to be awkward for people when they see you, if you jump into something mm. that you know isn't right, right? Sometimes it might be, it's still going to be uncomfortable at the beginning because everything is. But if you jump into something and you're like, I know I don't want to do this. I hate this. I'm not, never going to like it, but I'll just do it because everyone's doing it and I want to go viral. It's yeah. not going to work out. You're not going to go viral, right? Yeah. So it really needs to be true to you. I mean, I love LinkedIn because I like writing. So text is really great for me. And then I podcast because I think this is fun too, because I enjoy doing that. Um, but yeah, that's like, those are my two mediums. And maybe one day I'll get better at Instagram, but posting pictures every time I post is all feels like a big commitment so yeah I'm with you there I'm with you there I I I, I struggle with that I'm like you know what I'm just gonna LinkedIn is where it's at I'm happy there yeah I'm stay there <laughs> I'm sure. gonna come up with something similar I'm all open for a newer version of LinkedIn but um what's one question you wish people would ask themselves more often yeah um I think that the question people should ask themselves is what do I really want 
I hear a lot of times, you know, even just like around Christmas or holidays that people are like, oh, well, I don't really like Christmas because I have to do all these things. Well, a few years ago, me and my husband decided that, you know what, we're just going to do whatever we want at Christmas. Last Christmas, we ordered pizza and it was great. We loved it. And we just did our own thing. And so when you really stop taking all those shoulds out of your life, like I should do this, I should do that. And you really focus in on what you want to do and what will make you and your family happy. That's, that's, I mean, the best way to do it. So really Mm -hmm. asking yourself that question instead of just going ahead and doing it because you feel guilty or because you feel like you should do it. Mm. Why do you think it's so hard for people to ask, to answer that question? Because it's a hard one to answer for a lot of people. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think a lot of us, like myself included, are generally not not often in touch with that side of us, right? We go about our day, we go to the gym, we go to work, we look after the kids, put them to bed, watch an episode and go to sleep. Like where in there do you have time to be like, oh, what do I really want today? You know, you're just not putting that, making it a priority because yeah. you're, you're really busy with your day-to-day life. But when you do take take time, even if it's a few minutes in the morning or before you go to bed, just reflecting on on, you know, was I my authentic self today? Or did I do, was was today really a representation of, of what I wanted it to be? Or in the morning, you know, what do I want today to look like? Mm-hmm. You know, if today was the first day of my life, would I still do what I'm doing today, right? Like asking yourself those questions, even it just like for five minutes a day can just really help to open that dialogue, that side of you. Mm, yeah, that's super powerful. Um, Steph, thank you so much for your time for practical advice um we hope to bring you back again when you are doing some other amazing things in addition to whatever you're keeping you busy today so um thank you for your time again yeah thank you so much for having me Mm -hmm.